The Inside Track on Real Estate with Ken and Yetta Decker of the Decker Team. Get the Inside Track. Everything you need to know about buying and selling in the greater Ottawa area. The Inside Track on Real Estate with the Decker Team. Moving forward with the Decker Team. Moving forward together with the Decker Team. Have you ever wondered what it's about like supporting a missions trip or even going on a missions trip? Well, I'm Ken Decker, and I've got a special guest with me today. Silas is with me. Thank you so much, yeah. Dick. Fresh out of Kenya. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and we just are excited to be with you and welcome you to another Inside Track episode, where we share techniques, thoughts, and tools that we all need, that we all deserve, you, I, everyone, to turn our house into a home where our families thrive and we live the best life possible. Wow. Isn't that what we want to do? We that all want to live dream the dream of everyone. Yeah, to live yeah. the best life possible with what God has blessed us with. Mm. So I've certainly uh, thought about, gone on a missions trip, supported a missions trip, mm. uh, supported missionaries. Mm. Um, but many times we're asked, I think in Canada, we're asked for money because. We're a wealthy country. Mm. We're a very wealthy country as far as countries go. Mm. And not all the time do we actually see the results of what we give. Wow. Is that true? That's true. Yeah. So sometimes we're called to give and sometimes we're called to go. Mm. And I've, I've done both. Silas, you, you've been the recipient of missions funds. Yes. Both for you personally, for your, for your church work. Yeah. And also humanitarian giving. Yes. For the, the missions at Yogo and uh, what's the other village? Seje. Seje. Yes. Yes. Um, so tell me, tell me what village life was like for you. Because fortunately, somebody put you under their arm and said, this boy has potential. Mm-hmm. And they supported you in getting an education mm-hmm. and it changed your life. Yes. Tell us what your life was like as a child in the village. Because well, you grew up in Yogo, right? Yes. yes. Well, Ken, this is a very, very uh, great topic to, to, to talk about. And for sure, it is something that is real to me. Uh, I grew up in Yogo. Uh, my parents were ministers, pastors. Uh, pastors, most pastors in Kenya don't have a salary, so life was very challenging. But as you said, many individuals give, uh, but they don't see the impact. They have no measure. But I just want to tell every giver, every person who has given for mission work, that you are giving, your generosity changes lives. I am a recipient of that grace of giving mm-hmm. uh, because my parents were not able to raise necessary resources to take me to school. And uh, through Bishop Silas, uh, whom I'm named after by <laughs> grace of God, <laughs> I was supported by other individuals mm-hmm. with big hearts. And uh Today, I am a professional, and I believe I can live anywhere in the world and work anywhere because of that grace uh, that somebody extended to me. Uh, Food was not an assurance, 
walking with shoes was not an assurance. Uh, having a bed and a mattress wasn't an assurance. And life was tough. It was like you are in this uh, den of hopelessness. And the poverty cycle goes because if your father is not able to educate you and you grow up, you just do manual jobs to basically survive through life. It means your children will go through the same and your children's children, it is like you are already doomed to that kind of lifestyle. But by the generosity of individuals, somehow it breaks it for you. And uh, mm-hmm. and so, so you started originally yes. where... You said food wasn't assured. Yes. So you sometimes went without food? Several times. <laughs> I do remember. <laughs> One of them in particular was 1994 when we would come back home and the best my mother could offer was hot water boiled. And I don't know for how long. And I, I know for sure that it was, it was not easy. Even yes. in the eyes of the parent, she doesn't know or he doesn't know whether his child will survive through this time that he doesn't know when things will change for them. And so the hot water, is the hot water help with the hunger pains? Yes, it was, you know, that God works through different grace, uh, Ken. And Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes you don't know how you survive through it, but yes, we did. Okay. Yeah. So a group of people got together. Part of them were from the church that I attend, Trinity yes. Bible Church yes. of Ottawa. And some other churches got together, and we they did a first missions trip in 2008. Yes. And Jetta was actually on that trip. Yes. Tell me what the average life was like for a child in Yogo Village in 2008. Well, when God called us to this ministry of supporting the community of Yogo, for me, and uh, uh, we talked about it a bit with Yeta before, uh, making a decision to move back to Kenya, for me it was a God calling. And uh, it was something that I had lived, and when God called us to go and touch the lives of these children, it was a hard decision. But I thought it was very worthwhile because it was a life I had lived. When we went with the team, from Trinity Bible Church and other friends, for mm-hmm. most of these children, food was not an assurance. The, 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 the level of hopelessness was great. Children walking with distended stomach, walking with no clothes at all. It was not abnormal to meet children barely naked walking mm-hmm. on the streets or in the village. And uh, that is what moved us to... And the descended belly, yes. is that from uh, parasites, malnutrition? It is from malnutrition, kwashiako, marasmus. Uh, it is basically a lack of a nutrient that they would get from food. Like if they are lacking protein or they are lacking uh, vitamins, mm-hmm. you, you, you'll see that in the body. Bodies will be t- distended. They would be right. having a lot of worms. The immune system would be very low, and so there would be a lot of rushes on the body. And uh, you s- you look at the life of people and you don't see life, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, I know I came only like two years later af- after that first trip. Yes. And it was a totally different village i think i didn't see as much and if you come today Mm -hmm. you will be seeing a village that is 
soon becoming a town. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And we're going to talk about that yeah. in, in, yeah. uh, in right after the break. Yes. Um, but the idea was initially uh, to buy some land, donate that land to the community, community and mm-hmm. the community association, mm-hmm. and then teach agricultural techniques so that the, the, the people in the village could grow their own food and then create irrigation. And As we looked into the issues or the problems uh, uh, facing these communities, there was a question. The need is so huge. How do we turn around this? How do we even begin to think that we can do it? Mm-hmm. And so the challenge was we had to confront the challenges of this community in two dimensions. One, in a long-term focus. But mm-hmm. as we think about a generation 25 minutes down the line, we needed to think of their needs now. And so the agriculture was going to provide food. Mm-hmm. Education would provide hope for the next generation. Okay. Yes. Awesome. So we're going to come right back and talk about that. And uh, I just love this quote that a hand up is worthier than one's fist going and reaching higher up on the ladder themselves. Mm-hmm. It's better to reach down and pull someone up with you. And that was by Doris Gumbach. So one of the questions we asked was, is food or education more important? And we're going to hit that very shortly. And so I just wanted our listeners to know that we've created free access to over 403 episodes of the Inside Track on our YouTube channel. And they can go there and register and then You can learn about your house, making it a home, building wealth, uh, simply whole living. You get exactly what you need, when you need it, from where you are, whether that's your home, your office, or on the go. So to me, like, do we add food first? Because children are starving. Mm -hmm. They're literally dying. Some of the children that Yetta went, or one of the children that Yetta went and held, Actually died a few months. Actually died shortly after she left. Mm-hmm. And that's heart-wrenching. That, um, yeah. And I think, I think you even said one of the children, when you asked what their goal was, you know, like our children, if we ask what their goal is, it's, it's they want to be a fireman or a policeman or they want to be an astronaut mm-hmm. or an airplane pilot or mm-hmm. a doctor or a nurse or something. And one of your children, what did they say? If I get to grow up, growing up is not an assurance. That was their goal. <clears throat> that was their goal. Was to live to become an adult. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's, that's heart-wrenching. <laughs> and so what do you, you've put together a plan, really. Yes. And you were saying earlier that how do you transform a village, not just Yes, in the next 25 minutes, we need, we need food, mm-hmm. right? Or in the next day, we need food. But what do we need that we transform this village and ultimately a country over time for the, the 25 years? What's it look like in 25 years? Um, so, so tell us a little bit about what, what happened and what yoga is like now. Well, we run the projects for this community called Yoga Glory Center. Academy under Christ Glory Center Ministry, food or school or education. 
you know, as just as I said, Ken, food is needed in the now because mm-hmm. the now there is a need. The now there is a child that didn't have supper yesterday. And if he misses the next two days, probably his health will have deteriorated beyond. Then now, if we just provide food now, will not sort, it will just create dependency. So we have created a strategy. So so just giving food may, may help now, but yes. creates a dependency yeah. in the future. Yes, because then they don't know how to get out. And as the Chinese, I don't know who spoke this, but say better give them uh, teach them how to fish than giving them fish. But mm-hmm. sometimes I think fish is necessary for now as you teach them how to fish. Uh, so we have created a plan with the, our projects. And we looked at the community and said, there's a generation that, yes, we can give food because they have grown. The generation of my mother, who are 60 years and above, they, you can't take them back to class one to start learning and hope that they will be a teacher will be a waste of resources. But there's a generation of those young children, three years, four years, five years, ten years, that if you put into the process of education, then in 20 years to come, they will be a doctor, they will be an engineer, they will be a muscle, they will be an electrician. And when they become professionals, they will be able to impact their families, their children, And by God's grace, touching their hearts, help others. And their children will not be hopeless as they were. Mm. And so if they become a doctor, they can educate their children to become an engineer. And so the poverty cycle and the situation and the hopelessness in the village and in the communities will be broken. Our idea is to be able to create a transformational change that is sustainable. Uh, Number two is that when you create this change, you are transforming a nation. The whole nation learns how to live by themselves in their own uh, ways. And so this is our focus. Uh, So we are focusing into a 25-year plan for the first series of the first group. And not only that, if you help them, they will be able to help back the community. Yes. Right. So you started with a very primary age group. What what age group did you start with? We took the age groups of between three and seven years. That was 2008, November, which the school officially began in January of 2009. And that age group has now reached grade eight. Our first grade eight candidates did their exams last year. The second one just did their exams this October, November. So every year you added a year to the school. Every year we added a year to the school. We had to build more building, hire more teachers. Yes. And and the farm that that the original group started, it creates vegetables and and produce for the children and also to sell. And, And this is our model, that when we take your child into the program, the guardian or the parent or whoever is with this child offers to work a few hours one week in a uh, one day in a week. So if you take your to be working on Mondays, you work on Mondays. It is around four or five hours as your contribution. The food from the farm comes into feeding. So, the pro- so you the go children. and work on the farm. Yes. 
weeding or tilling or yes. seeding or harvesting, well, whatever is needed. Whatever is needed to be done. Okay. And this helps us in two ways. One, it creates community ownership of the project. Because mm -hmm. again, if there is no community ownership of the project, it will just be some wazungus that Silas met in Canada are pouring money or releasing a lot of money, and it is their thing. And wazungos is is a white is person. A, is a white person. <laughs> okay. <All right. laughs> or or uh, it will just be Silas is giving some help there. Go get it for free. But when they work on it, because change comes by working. Mm. Change does not just fall. And unless our people understand that every good thing is worked for, then we don't get a sustainable change. And so it has worked greatly. And I tell you, education as a great focus is that education is an equalizer. Hmm. When you are educated, you become equal to the, to the whole world. And just as I said, as a microbiologist, I can work in Kenya. I can work in Canada. I can work mm. in Europe. And that is by the privilege that somebody allowed me to be able to go through education. Right. Yeah. So, so really a gift to the ministry, whether it's a one-time gift to, to the academy or they decide to sponsor a child, um, that has long-term effects, even yes. a, even a yes. one-time gift. Hugely. Hugely. Yeah. One-time gift or you decide to plug in and commit and make a commitment to sponsor a child for $40 a month is a long-term, the effect of it, I can't tell you. So $40 a month will put a child through? Through primary education. Primary education. Yes. And so if they wanted to do that, how would they, how would they go about supporting that? Those who want to support our children or our school can go to www.hungryforlife.org okay. and uh, they can make their donations as long as they designate it to Christ Glory Center Ministry or Yogo. Then that will 100% of what you donate and that is the great thing with working with Hungry for Life is transferred on the ground. And when it comes to us, 100% goes to the project. Okay, so that's... Hungryforlife.org. Yes. And uh, contribute, but contribute to Christ Glory Center School. Yes. Awesome. If you were to dream for something, what would you dream for? We at the Decker team have enjoyed over 30 years of helping people, not only selling and buying real estate, but also helping people build their finances, helping people build their self-worth, helping people build their faith and helping people strengthen, heal, and flourish in their relationships. 30 years of helping people build their life and their home. So for many of us, if we said, what do I dream for? Or I asked somebody what they dream for, they would probably say something like, oh, I dream of a new car, mm -hmm. an Audi, or uh, an Infiniti, or a Lexus, or something, or or my daughter would say she dreams of a Mustang convertible. Mm. Um, they might dream about a new home or a bigger home. Mm. They might dream of a pet or um, spending time on vacation with a loved one or mm. piece of jewelry or something. But Silas, I think you're a little bit different. <laughs> what do you dream for? 
Ken, I think all these dreams that people dream are valid and I just want to thank everybody because without a dream, you don't live a purposeful life mm. and you don't achieve. But for us and for me as Silas, working with the community, my greatest dream and what I look forward to is to see a life that will one day stand on their own feet, that will one day be able to effectively provide and care for their family. I dream for this institution to be able to grow to the level of university and vocational training institution. So let me get this straight. You dream of a university yes. in Yogo Village. I dream of a university in Yogo Village. Wow. And, and when I will see the university come up in Yogo Village, uh, because, and I will tell you the reason as to why, in, in our own projection to stand with one life, take them from abyss of poverty to be able to be to assess your performance and say, I have helped that life, it is a lifetime commitment. Because you take a child three years, take them through three years of kindergarten, eight years of primary, four years of high school, and four years of university or, 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 or vocational courses, technical courses like plumbing or masonry or electrical work, that is almost 20 years, 22 years. So mm -hmm. you give yourself a grace period of maybe another three years. We are talking about 25 years of working with one life. And when they stand up, and right now, the greatest challenge and trouble we have, we have worked with these children up to grade eight. Our institution doesn't have a high school. We don't have extra funds because every resource we have, we really stretch. When this child slips off our hand at grade eight, where do they go? At 14 years. And you took them from a family which could not afford $40 for their education to give them food and uniform. And children in our school, when it comes to a weekend, they hate it. They hate, have you ever heard of somebody hating a weekend? And that's because at home, they are not assured of food. When we drop them off, it is like somebody who has been lifted off darkness into the top of a rock, and then you've just left them slip off the cliff, and they go back worse because that hope that had been spared is gone. Mm. So you're saying if, if we now leave that child after bringing them through um, kindergarten, primary, at grade eight, if we just let them go to their own volition, the family that they came from doesn't have the funds to send them to high school. And so you've given them so much hope and a certain level of education and yes. language and skill and reading yeah. and writing, but it's not enough. But they cannot survive. What would even in this developed world, would you live a 14 year to start life on their own? They would not, but here there are so many opportunities because here at 16 years, somebody can work at McDonald's and can, somebody can, but you know, you can't leave them at that point to make life that would be with hope. Right. And so what we are talking about here, because people have been living in those parts of the world, but they've been living a hopeless life, a basically scratching life waiting for their death. But we want lives that will live their full purposes. Mm. Yes. So, so back 10 years ago, it was most of the day was spent on trying to find food. Yes. Going to find water, carry yes. water. Maybe yeah. the water is diseased or not, not the best. And today, 
I know Yogo Village, I've seen some pictures. There's, there's running water, not in every home, but there's running water. There's um, irrigation for the farm. There's electricity. Yes. And again, not, it's not in every home, but, yes. but there is electricity in the village. And there's electricity at the school. Yes. Yes. And I saw some pictures. You were just building something. Because when I went there, we had pit latrines, right? Today, <laughs> Yoko has transformed, and that's why I made a joke and told you in the next few years, it might just look like a, a, a town because there was not even a road to get into Yoko. There were, there were walking paths, but to drive a vehicle into Yoko, your vehicle would be scratched. I, 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 I don't know how your Acura <laughs> would look like, but today we have a road into Yoko. Today we have electricity. People had wells that were 15, 20 meters away from a pit latrine. As a microbiologist, today you understand the underground percolation. They are drinking out of their fecal matter. They, they are basically drinking uh, contaminated water. Yes. But today we have drilled a well, cased and fully enclosed. That water is tested yearly. It is pumped. Yogo has four water points in the community from which the community can pick clean water. Mm -hmm. Electricity has come three kilometers away from the grid into the community. And this is because we also work closely with the government. And I, I want to appreciate the government of Kenya mm -hmm. for coming on board to help facilitate where need and where they can community development. And uh, th that electricity is huge. And thank partners, you know. Today we have a complete school. We started with 30 children. Ken, today we have 327 children. In, 327 in, in, children. In the program in one community and 167 pupils in the second community. Now, something that I was amazed at, because you don't have that many sponsors for 300. How many? 300 and... 27. 27 And we children. have 40 children sponsored. You only have 40 children sponsored. Yes. So how in the world are you supporting a, a school of over 300 with 40 children sponsored and you're feeding them two meals a day, two breakfast meals a and day, lunch? And providing books, exercise books, books and textbooks, uh, all school stationaries, paying teachers. We have a staff between Seje and Yogo, over 50 staff. Teachers, 50 staff? Yes teachers, cooks, watchmen, uh, drivers, all of that, farm managers, all of that comes to 50 staff plus. Uh, we, we, we paid, I would say, all our workers sacrifice a lot because if you consider paying a worker $150 a month, but we are sacrificing for something tomorrow. Mm. Yes. So your and, teachers, and, 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 your teachers and, believe in and, what and, they're doing. Yes. And I know you asked, how are we mitigating the gap? 40 mm -hmm. students sponsored 300. One thing that we thought very quickly is that we didn't want to be over-dependent on uh, our partners and friends who are supporting us. And under, having lived here, I understand people commit to support, but things can happen in life for anybody here mm -hmm. or in Kenya. And when that happens and the supporter, the person supporting drops off the support, it's a huge burden for me on the ground. And so we started quickly to see how do we generate our own local funding. And so we've allowed some students in the community whose parents have been blessed because, not again, not every Kenyan is poor, that are able to pay for their children's education. And because of our performance, as they pay, the revenue we collect 
locally is able mm-hmm. to help us mitigate the recurrent okay. expenditure. So I'm so excited Silas about what you're doing and I'm if any of our listeners you might be a listener and you're going I want to get involved in this this is something that I could really sink my teeth into then send us an email at info@deckerteam at and we'll connect you with Silas or with the charities that you can research it and uh, yeah just so glad that you joined us today Moving forward with the Decker team. Moving forward together with the Decker team.